Welcome to Spiritual Warrior TV and Podcast, your go-to channel for everything related to spirituality, metaphysics, personal development, and well-being. I'm your host, Renzo Ruiz Haas, and I'm on a journey myself as a truth seeker and as an explorer to discover and to share with you all the best tips, tools, and different approaches that contribute to nourish our souls, embrace our humanity, and help us incarnate the greatest and brightest expression of ourselves. Because when we become better versions of ourselves, we make this world a better place. Yeah. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Warrior TV and Podcast. And today's guest, she's an Akashic Records practitioner, an intuitive spirit teacher and healer, also known as the Psychic Psychic. She's trained many spiritual teachers and leaders in how to access the Akashic Records and develop their psychic sight. Without any further ado, I want to give a big, warm welcome to Daniela Gill. <laughs> Yay! It's so nice to be here. Thank you. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you here, Daniela. Mm. Gonna take this time to connect with such a loving and nurturing energy of yours. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. So, first things first, what is the Akashic Records? It's always a hard question for me to answer. Ultimately, it's the subtle energetic imprint of everything that has ever happened, everything that is happening, and everything that could happen. You can think of them as an ethereal library of sorts that contain the knowing of anything and of everything. And the word Akashic comes from the Sanskrit word for Akasha, which means ethers or space. It's the primordial elements from which all life springs. Right. And that's awesome because you have an experience with the Akashic records that comes from a very shamanic, it's very related to a shamanic practice. Do you mind diving into how you got to discover the, the Akashic records in your sure. life? <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've always been very intuitive, very intuitive. So I've always been perceiving the world very differently, very empathic. And a few years ago, I went to a retreat and one of the retreat hosts offered an Akashic record reading, a complimentary Akashic record reading after the retreat to all the participants. I didn't really feel intuitively inspired by the offering because I didn't know what the Akashic records were and it felt like records, like something around my past, something around my ancestors, which just didn't right. feel relevant. <laughs> but because it was a free gift, one day I was like, ah, I'll do it. And she told me I could ask anything. I asked her some questions and her responses were somewhat ridiculous. They didn't really make any sense to me. So I just dismissed the reading as a bit of a flop. I didn't really have any judgment towards it, but I was like, oh, that doesn't resonate at all. Mm. And then everything came true in a roundabout way. So that was really fascinating to see it all play out in my life in a very symbolic way. 
that got me very fascinated by the Akashic Records. So I immediately ordered a book on Amazon. It was Linda Howe's Introduction to the Akashic Records book. And I read it and halfway through, what'd you say? No, I said, I've seen that book. I haven't read it yet, but... uh... It's it's been calling me. <laughs> yeah, halfway through the book, she prompts you to open the Akashic Records. And I asked my mom if I could open up her Akashic Records. And as I said the prayer, I was immediately flooded with this divine healing energy. And I felt like I had taken ecstasy. Like I felt like, because the love coursing through me and the power of the energy moving through me was so profound. And I could see my mom with utmost clarity. I could see her whole past. I could see everything that was occurring inside of her. I could see like the answer to all of her questions with such clarity. It was unbelievable. It was unlike anything I had experienced before. And I was already doing psychic readings, but I felt like the psychic readings that I was doing were a bit hit or miss. It's like sometimes the information came through. Sometimes it felt a little murky. Sometimes it felt like I was reaching for perspective. After saying the Akashic perspective, prayer everything just came through perfectly and so fluidly so do you mind sharing that prayer with the people here because that's i guess that's a way you access through the akashic records right yeah so since i read that book i have channeled my own prayer so i have my own prayer and i have an akashic practitioner training and that's yeah. the prayer that I use for the training. I remember that prayer is so powerful. It really, like I could feel it in every part of my body. It was just it all with all my senses, really. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I love that you could feel it. And I love that you had that experience of it. And yeah, I would love to share the prayer. And I can open up the records of, of our audience. Beautiful. Spirit. Support me in coming into an elevated, expanded state of consciousness so that I may become one with your perspective. Set aside the totality of my personality so that I may serve as a clear channel for your divine loving guidance and knowing. Allow me to see our audience as they are seen in the light of the Akashic Records. Help me to know them as they are known in the mind of God. Enable me to share all the communication of our masters, teachers, and loved ones with integrity, clarity, and love. And so it is. The Akashic Records are now open. I experience it as such a beautiful shift in consciousness. It's like all of my energy pools towards the center of my mind, like behind my third eye to the center. And it's, it, it's like I become this pillar of peace, of trust, and of immense love and clarity. It, it really shifts my perspective. <laughs> I could really feel that. I, I even have that feeling of euphoria, you know, of like <laughs> that pure wow. love. Love that. Hmm. All right. So one question for the Akashics. You know that we're going through very uh, uncertain times right now. And there is a certain chaos that we see 
and people are asking themselves a lot of uh, questions, right? So I'm just wondering, what's your uh, what's your input in that? What's the Akashic input in that? And uh, is there a possibility of seeing uh, a turnout or how or like a possible outcome or any other message that the Akashic might have for the collective? Mm, I love this question. So there's a lot happening right now. And ultimately, the way that I see it is, it is a destruction of a lot of the systems that we have in place, a lot of the ways of being that are no longer serving us and are not rooted in love, trust, and unity consciousness. So we're seeing a lot of our addictions or attachments being stripped away from us. We're seeing a lot of what we identify with, what we falsely identify with, also being taken away from us. We're seeing a lot of the systems in place that feed off people in perhaps a more parasitic way that don't necessarily empower people, that don't necessarily have everybody's best interests at heart or that are not working in harmony with the environment, with the earth, all of that is beginning to die away. And we're also being asked to shift into a different perspective in the way that we perceive life. One way in which we're being asked to do that is that we are healing our relationship to death. For so long, our perspective of death has been so perverted. We think of it as something that has gone wrong, something bad, something so awful and tragic. Meanwhile, death is simply a radical transformation and every single being on this planet, everything that exists is inevitably going to die. And anytime that you read about near-death experiences, it's the same story over and over and over again. People die and they experience so much love and bliss and this extraordinary perspective and they're even more alive than they felt while in the human body. Exactly. So, it's just like a, opening a door, closing one door and opening another one. It's just uh, like part of the whole cycle of things, right? Yeah, it's like people experience it as an awakening. So collectively, humanity is healing their relationship to death and they're learning trust and they're also recalibrating their relationship to their minds. For so long, our minds have been running the show in a very imbalanced, disempowering way. And now we're learning to use our mind differently so that we can work more with the intelligence of the heart and the intelligence of our intuition and the aspect of us that is connected to the all-knowing cosmic mind. Right. That, that more uh, feminine energy, like trying to coming back to a balance. Yeah, to more, to more being and to really valuing the being and valuing the feminine aspects of nourishment and of receptivity and the void and knowing that all of that is equally as valuable and that our value is inherent within our being. Yeah, it's I have a feeling of that too. Sorry? <laughs> oh, and I just finished with and it's not based upon our productivity. True. Yeah, no, I have a, that feeling too of like there is a much needed balance right now. It's like the earth has that that feminine nurturing energy and, and we are not in balance with it. So I, I don't know, this is my feeling of it. It's kind of like yeah. the earth is getting rid or like purging all the stuff that is not in alignment with it. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know if I, if you understood me there, but totally that's it. It's like the, the energy of the earth is awakening and the energy holds this feminine frequency to her. Like she is the divine mother. So as she awakens and empowers her energies, we're naturally going to be building our respect and reverence and reowning of our feminine aspects as well. And also everything that is not in vibrational alignment, exactly what we said with the earth or with this ascension process is being purged and cleared and reconciled at this time because the earth is ascending. That's what's happening. And ascension just refers to a very quick and accelerated elevation of consciousness. So everything that we've been that we cannot take with us, that we cannot continue to be in this ascension is now being cleared and purged. And it can look really chaotic. It can look destructive. It can be scary. It can be painful. It can be challenging, but ultimately it's actually just a symbol and an example of the ways in which we are healing and transforming. Hmm, beautiful. I love the way you explained it. It's really very, very clear. And also, well, there's a lot of information coming from everywhere. I th I feel that we're, we're in a time where there's a like a saturation of information coming from yeah. everywhere. We're being like constantly bombarded with information. So how do you do to navigate through that and find the truth. Well, the truth. What is the truth to begin with? <laughs> yeah. Truth has a resonance to it. And that resonance feels like liberation and it feels like expansion. And a lot of the stories that are going around, especially what we're seeing in the media or all the conspiracy theories that are being shared and spread, they create more of a dis uh, contraction and they have us feel more mistrust and they have us feel paranoia and they have us feel disempowered. Mm -hmm. And when you, when something that is presented to you as a truth begins to make you feel these ways, you know that it's not necessarily true because the truth of life is trust. At the end of the day, we're all one. And what we're seeing playing out on the world stage at this time is this purging or this reconciling, this healing, this awareness of all the mistrust that already exists within the collective human psyche. We are collectively traumatized and in such a place of mistrust because of all that we've gone through as a species. Like We have undergone so many atrocities at the hands of each other, all of oh, the yeah. wars, all of the Definitely. genocides, like slavery, Nonsense. rape, murder, <laughs> dictatorships. Like, whoa. So we have this mistrust, we have this paranoia. And now as all of this is unfolding on the world stage, many people are projecting that mistrust. Right, it's kind of like a, survive, like a surviving type of mechanism, right? That we have. Yes. It's like constantly scanning the environment for potential yeah. threats. And then we're calling that intuition. And there are like really incredible psychics and healers around the world who at this time are perpetuating these stories because they, they feel them. And they're confusing their trauma, their wounding playing out with their intuition, thinking that this is actually what's occurring. And although on some levels that may be what's occurring, there's a higher truth and a higher force, higher intelligence orchestrating all of this. Hmm. <laughs> Life knows what it is doing. <laughs> we are healing. We are ascending. It cannot be any other way. Right, and it cannot not evolve. Everything is in constant evolution, the way I see it, at least. It's, it's... Absolutely. 
It's always getting better and better and better. It's always evolving. It's like, you know, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. It's always a version that has improved in some ways, even if it doesn't appear that way. But what's coming to the surface right now was always there. It's not like, oh, now our governments are becoming more corrupt. Now we're seeing that all these people in power have these agendas that don't have our best interests in mind. That's not suddenly arising. That was always there. Now we're becoming aware of it. And that, and that's just a mirror of who we are as a society, right? Like we, we say, oh, it's the government, it's this. We, we're trying to like create more divisions. But in the end, yeah. like you said, we're all one. So what's the, the things that we see that are wrong in the systems? There's also like part of it, not, not in, in the exact same way, but kind of like reflected to us in a way. Absolutely. There can be a tendency to blame and to like label something as bad or label it as, as wrong when in reality, everything is coming from this pure place of innocence Hmm. and everything that we're seeing externally is a representation of an aspect of our consciousness. Yeah. Like everything, we are far more interconnected and interdependent than our ego will really cares to <laughs> realize. No, and I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned all of this because I'm. I consider myself a truth seeker. Like I'm. I'm all always like constantly trying to find new ways, new, new information, new stuff that resonates with me or not. But just to, like I'm trying to keep an open mind about all of this and, and just receiving information and, and try to find my best truth in all of this. Mm. Yeah. And I feel it's a, it's a great thing that you mentioned all of this conspiracy theories thing, because at one point I was very, I, I felt that I was getting carried away by all of this. Right. And I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people could resonate with this as well, where regardless of if it's true or not, all this information, you still absorb in it, all, all those negativity, you still absorb it. And it prevents you to, at one point you fall into like a rabbit hole where it prevents you to move forward. It creates like another trap for them. Exactly. So it, it's good to go back to that mindset of unity right yeah i also had an experience when when the whole stay at home orders began i had an experience of being like yo what is really going on (laughs) right like as entrepreneurs like you're not used to this like hey you stay there you do like no (laughs) yeah and well it was it's just i i had coronavirus back in january and it was very surreal to see all of this occurring because of a virus that I'd already had. And I had a moment of like, what's really going on? And then going down that rabbit hole and recognizing, okay, how is this serving me? The Mm. truth was it was creating fear in my system. It was creating like an adrenaline fight or flight response. I was putting out all of our mental production, all of our beliefs and our expectations have impact in the collective human psyche. They have impacts and what we project onto other people, how we believe they will behave or are behaving actually influences the way they behave. Mm. We are starting to realize this through our study of quantum physics where we recognize that at the smallest parts of a particle, our observation of it changes the way that it behaves and shows up. 
Right. We literally create our own reality. We we manifest whatever we put our focus in and we put our energy into. Our expectations, our thoughts, our beliefs have their imprint on reality. And if we're wanting to head towards a world of unity and of love and of trust, which is ultimately where we're going, because that is the nature of spiritual evolution. That's always where it goes. Right. Then that is what we need to interpret everything that we see through the lens of and for me personally, it felt like there was no point in viewing it any other way because I have had enough initiations and enough expansions within my consciousness to know that everything in existence is an aspect of me. Like I've had many embodied experiences of that, realizing every human being on the planet is an aspect of me. We're all one. Mm. So for me to think that these like other parts of me are like trying to harm me or yeah, have these right. like dark agendas. It's it it became a twist that was ultimately very disempowering. And it's like, all right, yes. what is actually my role in this? My role is to anchor in love. My role is to anchor in trust. And what beliefs and perspectives and areas of focus help me do that? One is forgiveness. Another one is realizing, like, okay, maybe there are some people in power that are doing this, this, or that. It's like all these conspiracy theories have some legitimacy to them. Right. But let's see the higher perspective. There's love there. Right. And, the, and there's also, also like, there's also a purpose of why this is happening. There, There's, you know, it's all part of the process. It's about embracing the whole, uh, because it takes that to evolve from something, right? Exactly. <laughs> Nothing would be occurring that did not need to occur. Ultimately, every single challenge, <laughs> everything that we're confronted with is serving mm -hmm. our evolution. And is a necessary part of the unfolding of life. If it weren't necessary, it would not be occurring. There's such a brilliance mm. at play here. Yeah, I also find it's important to not fall into a what I call delusional positivity. Because I've seen that a lot in, in, mm. in spirituality, especially like uh, a lot of people just don't acknowledge the the those feelings that they label as negative yeah. because they don't want to be perceived as such. But I think it's important to acknowledge that and to have these conversations, you know, like this honest conversations about how we genuinely feel. I think that's the best way to start evolving to something better, to something much lighter. Right. Yes. Because just, like merely hiding those emotions or like burying them, it's not going to serve us any good. No, it's like a further repression, suppression, denial of aspects of self, which gets really messy. So yeah, I love what you're saying. The importance of honoring and embracing all aspects of ourselves, everything that we're experiencing, all of our emotions, all of our perspectives, knowing that they're all valid in their own way. And they're just other versions of the truth. And ultimately there is no highest truth is just an infinite number of perspectives that all are holding parts of the truth. The highest truth is really the culmination of all perspectives. And certainly in moving through this whole COVID quarantine experience, when it first started, I really 
was guided to feeling some deeper, what you might call darker emotions and of allowing myself to cry and allowing myself to punch pillows and doing it with, yeah. with it, with a sense of freedom and, and joy, like being like, wow, I'm just exactly. really letting this move through and it feels cathartic and it feels almost orgasmic. And it's like when there's right. no resistance to the grief or to the confusion, it feels beautiful. It's a lovely feeling. And, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like there's like an old version of me that um, perhaps identified with having answers being an Akashic record reader. And this really helped me unravel that where I was just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. And like owning that and then surrendering to that and letting that be, it almost like lifted a load off of me to be like, Whoa, I have no idea what's going on. Like I completely <laughs> surrender like life. I know you've got it. <laughs> like I, I love being like this, like totally magical manifester. And then all of a sudden realizing like, I don't even know, like, what my manifesting abilities or powers even are like life is right. just totally taking over and being like, okay, like I'm cool. gonna stay home for the next three months. Like nothing you can do about it. And it just felt so out of my control. There was no, nothing that could be done except to just surrender and trust and to allow myself to be in the dark and then to embrace all of the feelings related to that. Like really embrace them, love them at a level that I never have before. Like you're angry, you're crying, and I love you. This is great. This is so meant to be. <laughs> right. And when you start like laughing at it and just, yeah, you know, at one point you just don't take it seriously anymore and you, you let whatever emotion needs to arise, just take the moment to feel it and then let it go whenever it doesn't serve you anymore. Yes, how important it is to not take ourselves seriously and to just like learn to laugh at ourselves. I think honestly, I think we take ourselves too serious. And myself, a lot of times, I, I catch myself like judging me really bad and like taking myself too seriously. And then I'm just like, well, we're all monkeys here. Okay, chill out. <laughs> I'm just going to laugh at this because what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> really? Yeah. Once you start so, thinking in that in those terms, in that perspective, we're like immortal beings. There's nothing that can kill us. And and really we can imagine the worst thing happening. It's still okay. It's it's just like all one of an infinite number of storylines that we're all just destined to live out. It's like, yes, we are immortal beings and inevitably every single one of us is going to die. Yeah. And when I really know it's just like it's so liberating. It's like, okay, like and by own it, gender to it, accept it. Yeah. And then I'm really free to be present. And it helps anchor in appreciation too. For sure. For sure. To appreciate this present moment. To allow yourself to be imperfect. Something I'm learning as I, as I go to. <laughs> yeah, that's been a hard one for me. The relinquishing of perfectionism Perfection. and of like self-condemnation over like you could have done better. It's it's just <laughs> yeah. such an erroneous voice, the one that's like you could have done better or should have done better. Yeah. If you could have done better, then you would have. Period. Exactly. It's like you may think you could have done better, but it's all games of the mind. It is. And our mind, because other people look at you, they don't even judge you for that. They're like, oh. Other people see perfection where you where ourselves were like, oh my God, I messed up. I did this wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. It is so fascinating to me as I 
work in these really intimate containers with these extraordinary people to experience their own self-image. Oh. <laughs> to you know, to see the difference yeah. between the confidence of the persona that you see on the TV screen versus mm. like what's really going on at times in the mind, and how such incredible radiance and self confidence can coexist with moments of insecurity, and those moments of insecurity are actually incredibly valuable. Great they help teachers. balance us, yes, and create humility and create humbleness and. It feels like the person in balance is actually embodying the full spectrum of everything and not identifying with any of it. Mm, yeah. Well, I like that. I didn't see it that way, but yeah, not for sure. I got a question for the Akashic Records. Yes. What do you think can help people manifest more abundance in their lives? Trust and generosity. We must know ourselves to be the source of abundance itself. And when we become a living, when we begin living according to this feeling, to this feeling of abundance, that is naturally what we will be experiencing. And one of the fastest and easiest ways to proclaim to life, like I trust in my abundance, is through generosity. Through generosity, that's a movement of energy. We are giving. Our giving creates a movement of energy. That movement of energy actually invites more in, and it also creates a space for more to come in. So generosity works on various different levels to help us create greater abundance. When we don't feel abundant, we tend to hoard. Mm. And that hoarding is sending that message to our mind and to life, I am not abundant. I don't trust that I will always be provided for. So Mm. hoarding is like the antithesis to abundance and that's actually what a lot of people are doing when they're trying to save money or when they're not giving as freely as they could right love that you mentioned giving there's a quote from uh, neil donald wash where he said giving transforms having into being Mm. so we can experience ourselves having abundance but only through that giving of abundance can we experience being abundant I that love, is brilliant love, yeah <laughs> i love that quote from him and and yeah that really resonates so whoa i love that shift because really what's the point in having abundance right it's in the being that we have the experience of it exactly and the same applies for for everything for love too right what's point of having wow. love if you can't share that love when you when the once you share that love you start being love right you start so true it's like i have all this love to give like what does that mean and then it's like oh now i'm giving the love that i have to give oh okay now i'm experiencing it now it means something <laughs> yeah i love i love that uh, quote but yeah it's definitely a book i recommend guys for everyone watching conversations with god That was really a a life changer for me. I love that. Nice. Thank you for the recommendation. My pleasure. (laughs) So just a quick question about the the Akashic Records. How do you know when the information you're finding, it's not your mental, but it, because sometimes our minds, they can play games with us, right? Yeah. Uh, How do you know it's not your mental And it's actually the Akashic Records information. How do you distinguish? uh, When it's mental, it feels like it's something that I'm coming up with. 
okay. or formulating in some way. When it's Akashic, it feels like it's implanted in my mind. Like it's simply something that is received and then communicated and it flows and it doesn't necessarily make sense to my human mind. Oftentimes I will begin speaking and I have no idea what I'm talking about or why I'm talking about what I'm talking about or even where it's going. And I can start to notice when my mind starts to get involved and starts to pull on things that I've seen in the past or ideas that are preconceived in the sense, what already exists in my mind. So I can, I can feel myself doing that. And I'm certainly not immune to tapping into my mind when attempting to tap into the Akashic Records, but the Akashic Records just have a very fluid frequency to them. The Akashic Records also hold an energy of trust and they hold an energy of anything is possible. Hmm. So I know that I'm in, let's see, I know that I'm in the mind when what is coming through feels more choppy. Like if it starts to get choppy, it's because it's interrupted by me analyzing or trying to make sense of it, hmm. bringing, getting the mind involved. I know that it is the mind when I start searching because in the Akashic Records, there's really no searching. It's simply asking a question and then receiving the perspective and then finding a way to allow the energy to flow. So just like, like let the words start coming out and flow as they will, or let the expression begin to move through you as it will. If ever I start hesitating or I see something and I doubt it, I know that it's the mind. Okay. Um, any sort of hesitation or doubt feels like it's more of the mind. Okay, so kind of like a, the Akashic would be kind of like an instant Wi-Fi, per se, and uh, the mind's like popping yeah. in pieces. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's very easy. But sometimes what comes through the Akashic Records is just an energy that almost feels beyond what anything that I could possibly put words to. Right, because our, our language also, it's very limited to all this energy right and all this experiences we can have yeah so moving on to my next question here have you ever experienced like animals in any of your akashic readings or sort of like shamanic or experience with animals Yes, primarily with people who have strong relationships with animals. So when doing readings for them, sometimes if they have a really strong relationship with the animal kingdom or a certain species of animal or a certain animal, it'll come through really clearly. Mm. But oftentimes things are communicated through Akashic record readings, not from like any one sort of symbol or any one guide. It's more of just a spontaneous knowing and an energy that comes through. But sometimes in readings, very specific beings come through, like specific animals, specific species, or even a specific person or a specific, like Mary Magdalene or like Virgin Mary, like wow, depending okay. on who the person has a relationship with that I'm reading awesome. for. Awesome. So you can have basically all sorts of beings appearing during the Akashic Records, right? It's it's not just like this one library that you access and well, it is kind of like a library, but I mean, you can have different messages from different entities as well. Yes. Ultimately, I feel like, so the Akashic truth, once you go like really, like really tune into the Akashic records is that all the messages are coming from the same source. Because every archetype, every human being, everything is an expression of divinity, is an expression of source. 
And once you come into like higher levels of Akashic truth, there's no individuation between the different personalities and identities. Right, right. But then I feel like Akashic record readings are most concerned with sharing a message, a certain message for people. And whatever way would help someone receive it is the way that it is shared. And if I'm doing a reading for somebody who, let's say they're, they're Christian and they have a little bit of like hesitation around, you know, a psychic reading, mm-hmm. which this is like a real life example, then perhaps their messages will come through. I will see very clearly, oh, it feels like an angel is communicating this, or mm-hmm. it feels like Mother Mary is communicating this. And suddenly they're like, oh, I can receive that message. They're more open to it, more trusting, more receptive. It helps soothe some of the like hesitation type of energy, which may then block them from their full rest receptivity to the energy that's flowing through. Right. So like even the Akashic records, they speak the person's language, to put it that in those terms. Yes, absolutely. Are the messages always accurate for you? Indeed. In the Akashics, because um, the way I see it, if if you go to a library and open a book and open a certain page, you don't have control really to what you access to, right? That's my guess. Yeah, it's just whatever I receive. And then I can continue to ask different questions, but it's ultimately what is communicated to me. All right. So yeah, my, my question was more like, you know, depending on the book that you're reading, you can fall on a certain page and without a context that page can can really have different interpretations to it right yeah so like what's your your the best way that you can uh you know find a message that's accurate for a person you do in a reading to to really do my best to just get completely out of the way and not even worry about accuracy and just worry about authentic and real about what is coming through and everything that I'm seeing and feeling and sensing and letting go of any ideas of, oh, I want this person to like the reading or I want to be accurate or I want specific details to come through to prove that this is a legitimate reading. It's, it's just like letting all of that go, setting myself aside and what is really coming through. Like what is real? What is alive? And how can I speak most directly and eloquently to that? Love that authenticity coming from you. Hmm. <laughs> it's like I like the way that you're not you're not trying to prove any like, oh, I can get this type of information. It's just like whatever comes, that's it, just going with the flow. Love that. Yeah. And sometimes Akashic record readings really have their magic to them. And if someone is coming to you for a reading and they're in a place of majorly not having much trust at all and wanting to abdicate responsibility for the decisions of their lives. So meaning they want you to make decisions for them and they're like, should I do this or should I do that? Or like, what's going to happen in my future? And they're not really wanting to take responsibility for their co-creation of their lives. Then the Akashic records are in a very different way where they're not going to be giving probably the insight and perspective and guidance that the person is desiring. And instead they're going to speak to self-empowerment and to them tuning into their own channel. So that might not feel accurate to them. And it may even feel like, whoa, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I wanted. Yet it's exactly what they need. And that's how the flow of information will come through. 
Right. That's the difference between like having having our expectations met and what's really in there as information, right? Because a lot of people they they have in their minds this like this particular outcome of how is it going to be when in reality it's it's just the information that's available that's the that's best for them at that time of their soul's evolution. Yes, exactly. And I think it's really important to let go of any expectations of ourselves as practitioners mm. and not have ideas of like, oh, I'm going to make this person feel good, or I'm going to give like an accurate, detailed psychic reading, or I'm going to answer all of their questions. We're just here to serve in whatever way that looks like. And sometimes right. that can mean illuminating things that are something that are hard for someone to see, which could lead for them, lead to them feeling triggered. And then we might think like, oh, I triggered someone. I've done something wrong. Perhaps triggering them was the greatest act of love that we right. could offer. Perhaps they needed to be triggered at that time to make their own realizations. And that's mostly the, ca the case. Whenever we, we all feel triggered about something, it's because it's, it's teaching us something about ourselves, right? Yes. Yeah. And integrating that learning always leads to a liberation where we are no longer bound by that unconscious pattern or wound or whatever it is that has been triggered. Right. Love it. Love it's like it. all of our triggers are touching upon unreconciled aspects of self. It's just that we've hit upon a wound and we cannot heal a wound until we become aware of it. So being right. triggered is such a brilliant opportunity and it truly is from a soul level, such an act of love. Of course, that's the first step to work on anything, to realize that and acknowledge that is there to begin with. Yeah. So what can we expect from Daniela Gill in the upcoming days, weeks, months? I don't know. Who will? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, ooh, more of these, more podcasts, more sharing. I like sharing. Love it. Me too. I, <laughs> Can you yeah, tell? I, <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that you're doing this. It's amazing. Yeah, honestly, I, uh, it's an inspiration I got and I wanted to do it for like, the longest time. And of course, all my fears holding me back. And well, finally, I decided to take that to next step in my own evolution. Be like, you know what? Yeah, I still feel the fears, but I'm just going to go out there <laughs> still. With all my imperfections. Oh, that is such a golden reminder for me. Thank you. Because I feel like I hold back so much because I'm constantly waiting for my channel to be more clear. I'm constantly like, it'll be more clear soon. Like, ooh, I think this other spiritual teacher has greater clarity than me. I'm not going to share yet because like, I'm still working on myself. I'm still clearing my channel. Like, I'm not enlightened yet. Like... <laughs> Mm. it's like I don't want to put anything out there that isn't true and real I don't want to like mislead people and like it's beautiful to come from that level of integrity and I realize that I'm just engaging perfectionism and like completely holding back yeah um, no let me tell really you that I felt a lot of real coming from you that was a lot of love and and very accurate all the messages you gave and to mm. me, everything really resonated beautiful glad it resonated <laughs> So yeah, so more of that. And I'm excited to share. I have an online Akashic Records practitioner training, which is not just a training. Yeah, it's called Akashic Metamorphosis. It is a chrysalis. It is a total letting go of everything that we think we know so that we can create 
a connection to the Akashic records and so that we can become channels and so that we can activate our psychic sight. That's probably one of my greatest gifts that I offer transmissions that help people connect to their intuition and to their psychic sight and trust and believe in themselves and also open their hearts and open their like expression. So that's what I do. So I have this online training that brings people into connection with the Akashic records and then guides them in using the Akashic records for their own self-development and also teaches them how to offer Akashic record readings in a really clear and empowering way for loved ones or for clients or even to become you know, a full-time practitioner of Akashic record readings. Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I have that on my website and then I do one-on-one readings, which I love to share. So much fun. Um, and they're radically different than the group experiences. They're just very specific and that's awesome. That person. So you got that guys, where can we find you in uh, Instagram? It's Daniela Gill love. And I spell my name with one L Daniela and Gill. Okay. Daniela Gill, one L. I'm going to put the links there in the description for people to check it out. Cool. Uh, Daniela Gill, love your website is. Daniela Gill dot love. Daniela Gill dot love. All right. So go follow Daniela Gill there <laughs> on social media. <laughs> yeah. Love to share with you guys. And last question to wrap it up yes (laughs) what is your best tip for making this world a better place oh love yourselves and love each other and the better that you take care of yourself and love yourself and become so present with yourself and treat yourself with so much compassion the easier it'll be to show up in these same exact ways for others Trust in the unfolding of humanity. Trust in all of these changes, what may look like chaos, what may look like challenges, trust that collectively we are birthing a new earth, a new way of being, a new way of relating to each other, where we are creating societies of greater harmony rooted in our knowing of our interconnectedness and interdependence with all and rooted in love and where we are all behaving as stewards for the earth, where we are truly caring for our planet, caring for each other and living in harmony with all. That's what we're giving birth to. And this is what it looks like. And it can get a little crazy at times, but it's all a part of the process. So you have full permission to trust. Wow. Yeah, I think on that note. (laughs) And wait, I guess we need to close the Akashic Records now, right? Yes. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you to our masters, teachers, and loved ones. Thank you to the Lords of the Akashic Records. Thank you for this beautiful transmission. May it all be integrated with ease and grace. I love you and I thank you and I appreciate your presence in all of our lives and all of the support that you bring to our human experience and all the divine healing energy that has been brought forth. And I love you. Thank you. The records are now closed. Amen. The records are now closed. Amen. The records are now closed. Amen. Wow. (laughs) Thank you so much, Daniela, for 
being here. It's really a big honor for me. And mm. I wish you all the best in your upcoming, all your upcoming projects. Really, we need more of this in the world. And I think you're doing an amazing, amazing job. Thank you. You too. I love that you're doing this and so appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And I really appreciate this opportunity to share. It's a profound honor for me. So thank you. Much love. Thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't done this yet, go get yourself a copy of my free ebook, The Thrive Method a six-step guide to naturally align yourself with your life mission, regain your power, and fully thrive on my website, renzoruizhas.com. I'll put the link in the description below for you to check it out. Also, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Spiritual Warrior TV, and to follow me on Facebook and Instagram as Renzo Ruiz Has. I want to express once again my biggest gratitude for your support and see you on the next episode. Much love.